So I, I don't really ever title my messages. I like to just go with it. But if, if you know, taking notes, and I hope you are, because note takers are history makers. So uh, I'm going to give you a key for effective prayer. And it is the title. The title is praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. So this might be a concept that is. Uh, you've heard before, you might have no idea what we're going to get into tonight, but you know, uh, there are strange things that happen in, 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 in like Christianity and like people have a tendency to dismiss them just because it's something they've never experienced before or that they're familiar with. Um, and this happened, this happens in the Bible actually with Jesus. So Jesus, he has disciples and they start following him around and, uh, you know, he's doing miracles. He like turns water into wine. He, he heals deaf people. You know, he's like doing all these things. And then in this, in this one point in Mark chapter four, uh, Jesus is like, hey, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And they get in the boat, go to the other side of the lake. And there's this massive storm. And it's just going nuts. You know, these are fishermen, people used to, to the water. And, but they're afraid, you know, they're pansies. And so, you know, like, they're, they're like, Jesus is back there sleeping, of course. Like, you know, Jesus just be chilling, not concerned at all for like what's happening. And so Jesus, they wake him up. And they're like, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? And so he, he, you know, I can imagine him just like rolling off like the back and, and just saying, shut up. Because that's what it says. If you like, you look at the, the Aramaic, that's what he said, you know, he says, peace, be still. But in the Aramaic, he like tells the wind and the waves to shut up. And so they're like in the middle of the storm, tells the winds and waves to shut up and immediately poof, it's just calm immediately. And so the disciples are like, they're sitting in the boat and they're like, what the freak? You know, like what, what just happened? They said literally, it said, what manner of man is this? So that was like something new to them. They were like, what the freak? What kind of a person is this? They were experiencing something that's unfamiliar. And people have a propensity to criticize and to resist what they don't understand. But you'll very quickly find out in God, God will take you to level after level of level of things that you just don't understand. But it comes back to what does the Bible say? Because people can get into just these very weird experiences and teachings they don't have any sort of basis in the Bible. But what we see is that praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. I gave you the title, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's called also in the Bible, praying in tongues, uh, where it's, it's something that people, it like, it like freak people out, I guess. I don't really know. I grew up in it, so I never had that experience. Um, but uh, where praying in tongues like is a thing, and we're going to get into some scriptures tonight. Um, but I, like, I wanted to like give you just like why this even matters at first. And, and so you can see before we even really get into like scriptures explaining, I'm going to show you like, you know, do a little bit of a teaching here in a minute. But like I spend, I want you to realize that I spend like most of my time whenever I pray in the mornings, pray, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, so just, you know, just praying in the Holy Spirit. So if you've never heard that before, you sound, you know, I sound like a moron, but you know, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so the reason why I spend most of my time praying in the Holy Spirit isn't because I don't have things to pray about. You know, I have like a list of things and I'm going to give you a list of some of my things here in just a minute that, that I'm believing for, but I have like things to pray. I have, I have a list, you know, I have a, a written in my notebook at the beginning of the year, I have a list, but then week after week, I have a list of things to pray. And so it's not that I don't have a list of things that I'm believing God for, 
It's just that whenever, it takes just a minute to pray them. And then after you pray them, it's like really what's, what now is, is that you've just gotten to, to get in alignment with what God is, is wanting to do in those prayer requests. Because as far as the Bible is concerned, whenever you pray it, it's already done. So, so you can look with me at Matthew, I'm sorry, I don't know why I just said Matthew. At 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, this would be like a really great scripture to memorize. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, so that's why we pray the Bible, because it's his will. If, it, if what's written in the Bible isn't his will, then he really messed up, you know. So this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, not will have, not will have, not one day I'll get it, not one day when I cross the lines of glory and I'm in the heavenly realms. No, like I have it. It's done. I, we have what we have asked of him. And so as far as the Bible is concerned, it's, it's just done. It's kind of like whenever you place an order, uh, whenever you order like pizza delivery. Anybody? Okay, show of hands. Do you, who in here delivers pizza to their house? Okay, who picks it up? Okay, I guess most people do that. So I don't ever like order delivery, but you know, we pick it up most of the time. But like if you've ever like p placed like an order for delivery, like whenever you um, place the order and you get off the phone, you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to get my pizza? I'm going to have to call him back. Hey, are you guys sure you're like bringing me my pizza? Like, are you sure? It was paid for, right? It's done. It's done. You're going to, you are going to get your pizza. In fact, it's already yours. And if they don't deliver it, then it's like they're going to have to pay up or something. You know, you can say, like, hey, here's my receipt. You know, as the Bible says, present your strong arguments. Put me in remembrance of my word. God, here's my receipt. Here's my receipt of what your son Jesus paid for me. Here's my receipt. This has got to be mine, you know. But whenever we get off the phone, we're not just like doubting that what we prayed for just happened. No, I, it's, it's done. It's done. And so then what our job then really to do is to just get into alignment with, with, with like what, how God is going to work that out, even if it means staying in faith. And most of the time, there's something like physically that we've got to do and that we're involved in seeing the answers to our prayers come to like fruition. But like even if it's staying in faith, the rest of the time why I'm praying in the Holy Spirit is so that I can, and we'll talk about this more, just like stir myself up in, in God so that I, I get in the flow of the anointing to, to then stay in faith. And so to, to give you an example, uh, whenever my daughter was one year old, when we were at the beach, we noticed that, that she had uh, like a, a bump on her eye. I think it was this eye on her eye. It was just like this little tiny bump. And uh, we, we didn't know, you guys can get that picture ready. We, we didn't know what, what was gonna turn into it was called like a hermangioma. And I don't know if you can tell uh, you know, her, her left eye, it's, it's like really protruding. That was like one of the best pictures that I could find of it. Um, it you know, it was like, it was, you know, her eye was like, it was like halfway closed eventually. I mean, it was really, really bad. And so obviously, you know, we like believe in healing and believe that, um, believe that, you know, God can heal people, but we're also not, we're not just like opposed to medicine either. So like we asked the doctors and they were like, uh, 
well, you know, like she can get on this heart medication and it might work and it might not. And if it does, it won't, it won't, really, won't really see any notice until she's like eight or won't go away until she's eight or something like that. Well, we, I didn't feel right about putting a, a you know, one and a half year old kid on heart medication. It just seemed like a terrible idea. And so good thing I've got, good thing I've got something way better than medicine and doctors. And so, I mean, thank the Lord, because who knows what could have happened. And so we began to pray. Okay, God, like by his stripes we're healed. You know, just listening to healing scriptures, speaking them over Aria. And then it was just like, okay, it's done. This is done. And all the religious people around us were PO'd. They were just so mad because they were like, she's not healed. Look at her freaking eye. We're like, well, you don't understand faith then because faith isn't seeing, you know, faith isn't I'll, I'll see it and then I'll believe it. Faith is I believe it and then I'll see it. And so it's just like, and they would just get so angry at us because our family and friends because uh, they, you know, we were standing on the fact that her, she was healed, even though her eye looked like that. Uh, and so what, what we, we needed to do during that time wasn't to just keep asking God, oh, please, God, oh, please, God. No, no, what we needed to do was just stay in faith that it was actually done, you know. And so then, you know, fast forward. I don't have any pictures of now. I should have. Uh, did I, wait, did I, oh, yeah, yeah, I did get a picture of now. So now you can see it's completely gone. Uh, you know, she doesn't have any. You can't even. It, you can't even tell at all. And it's, that's really a miracle because the doctor said that if it were to go away, she would have sagging skin on her eye and she would have to uh, get like plastic surgery to get it fixed. We didn't give her plastic, you know, that didn't have to happen because God healed her. And so, um, so you know, we're praying, praying in the Holy Spirit to stay in faith, but most of the time it's to get into the flow of the anointing of, of what God, like, uh, of how he's going to use us and how he's going to bring it about. Because 99% of the time, you're going to have some, you're going to be involved in God's answer uh, coming, coming to pass in your life. So like, just to give you an example of like some of the, some of the things in, that, that I pray about so you can see it. So this is just right, you know, right out of my notebook. Um, you know, most, most of the time, there's something action oriented that we've got to do. Uh, so right out of my notebook, you know, how do I get students? This is one of my prayer points. How do I get students at Friday in pre-service prayer? How do I do that? I'm asking the Lord. Uh, how do we get 100 students at youth by, the, by August? And how do we retain them? How can I increase the peace and joy in my marriage? Listen, men, it, you are the, the, the leader and spiritual leader of your homes. And the world tries to tell you the opposite, that like men suck and dads are stupid. Listen, when dads take seriously their role in life, the world will be a completely different place. Like the world needs men to step up and, and, and get serious with God. Like the dudes that we have in here tonight, get serious with God and lead, actually lead their families. And that it's your responsibility as a dad to, to facilitate the peace and joy in your home. And so I pray about that to make my, my family better. Uh, how do we get our finances to a place where Alyssa can quit her job at the hospital? Uh, because... I can go into it. Anyways, uh, and then how do we pay off our business line of credit loan? So, you know, I have things that I'm praying for, but all of those, those things aren't just like ethereal, intangible things. You know, like if you, if you take the first two, for example, how do we get, how do I get students at Friday pre-service prayer? That's just, it's not just like going to happen one day. 
It's not, it's not just like, oh, oh, wow, look, suddenly the entire youth group is at pre-service prayer. Like that, no. So what's going to happen is that as I go throughout my day and like getting the anointing and getting the flow of the Holy Spirit is that I'm going to I'm going to come into the ideas. I'm going to discover the how that God is going to speak to me as I go throughout my day. Or like, how do we get 100 students by by August is something that I'm praying and believing for. So it's it's like and actually I've only those prayer requests. I've only asked them once. I like actually quit thinking about them. And the only reason I brought them up because because those were the last ones I wrote down. And so it's like now I'm just I, it's just in my they're in my spirit. And I'm just, you know, in the morning, I'm just praying in the Holy Spirit um, over those things. And just like, OK, God, speak to me. God, show me the how, you know, move me as I go throughout my day. Anoint my mind, anoint my creativity. And, uh, you know, as I as I begin to talk to people, as I have conversations with students and leaders, God, just begin to work and flow that I'm I, you know, we are directly involved in what God wants to do 99% of the time. And it's actually a sign to you that if everything is just throwing it back on God, you've actually, you've actually missed it because God uses people. God uses people. God doesn't just do things. God uses people. You, even in, in God sending, even in God wanting to save the world. You know, you can go all the way through the Bible. Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, person after person after person after person. God, God uses people. Um, and even whenever God wanted to save the world to, of sin, he sent a person, Jesus, you know, God, 100% God, 100% man, to, to save humanity. God, God uses people. And so the, the moment we start just like putting everything back on God is, is where we're like we've missed it. And you actually see a really good uh, a scripture of this is in the Bible in Exodus chapter 14, whenever Moses is leading the people out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, you know, God's people. And they, as they're going, as they're leaving Egypt, uh, they get pinned up against the Red Sea. The Egyptians are behind them coming to kill them. Excuse me. And, and in front of them is just this ocean and they're, they're stuck. And so Moses being the nice spiritual leader that he was, you can read it in Exodus chapter 14. He's like, oh, don't worry, everybody. Just stand still. Just be still. God is going to do this for you. Don't worry. And so then you can actually read in Exodus chapter 14. Maybe, maybe it'd be better just to read it. Exodus chapter 14. Turn there really fast. Okay, so... Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You, know, you need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Moses didn't even pray. God was just standing there. Moses was just standing there talking to all the people and God spoke to him and was just like, shut up, bro, shut up. And, and why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. You know, he, he rebuked him. Moses is like, stand still. And God is like, no, tell them to keep moving. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the waters that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So Moses is like, don't worry, God's going to take care of it. And God's like, no, I want you to take care of it. That's why I've given you the staff. Because see, whenever God called Moses, he gave him, he gave him the rod. If you are familiar with the, 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 the Bible you know, account. That God gave him the rod. What is the rod? What is the rod a symbol of? Anybody know? What's the rod a symbol of? Authority. 
God gave him authority. So he said, use the authority that I've given you. And Elijah did a fantastic job talking about that last week. Don't tell him to stand still and don't tell him I'm going to do it. You do it. I've anointed you. I've empowered you. I've, I've given you the authority to raise your staff and you can see the ocean part. So you just do it. So we, we really, we miss it whenever we just throw everything back on God. No, it's, it, it's, not, it's not on God. It's really on us to get into the flow of, of anointing the flow of what God wants to do. And so I've said that a few different times, the anointing, the anointing. What, what is the anointing? Uh, well, the anointing, we, we use that in like a physical sense. Uh, this is olive oil. We'll, we'll use it to anoint people whenever we pray for them. And, uh, and, and like whenever kings in the Old Testament were, were being thrust into their like to their call as king, the prophet would go and he would, he would pour oil on their head and anoint them is what it was called. So the anointing is 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 like a is a flow is it's a liquid, um, you know, physically, uh, but but it doesn't just have a physical connotation. It has a spiritual one as well, because the Bible says in Acts ten thirty eight how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, and so. Um, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Well, God didn't pour oil on Jesus's head. No, it was a spiritual anointing. It was a spiritual liquid, if you will, that Jesus received and that he was able to flow in. And the Bible says that we have received an anointing from the Holy One, that we can get anointed in God. Uh, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity here in a little bit to receive that. It's, it's what the Bible and Paul goes on to say in, in Acts chapter 19 called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we'll give you an opportunity to receive that. And, and that's where it links with tongues and we're getting there. But, but you, what our responsibility is, and, and seeing these things happen that we're believing for is to get into the, the flow of the anointing. The anointing is just the flow of God. The anointing is just the, the, the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm praying. I'm, I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. And, and because it's my job to get into the flow and then to stay in the flow throughout the day. And then as you begin to, as you begin to pray that way and as you, as you begin to, um, to get into the flow of the anointing, that's whenever God, you know, you, know, you can, if it helps having that physical representation Presentation, that he, he will anoint your mind. He'll give you the creativity. He'll give you the, the spiritual power and authority that you need to actually go and to step into the answers that, that you are praying for. And so, you know, getting, getting into the anointing is why, a big reason why we pray in the Holy Spirit. So pray, that was like a really big introduction about why, why this is so important. But praying praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. And so where, where do we really see this in the Bible? I'm going to run through just several scriptures here, uh, you know, rather quickly, because then I, I want to pray tonight, but I also want to like explain what this is for just a minute. Uh, so in Acts chapter two, if you, if you look there, this is one of the first references or the, it is the first reference of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and people praying in tongues. So in Acts chapter two, right before that, Jesus tells, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he tells the disciples to go and wait into Jerusalem until they receive the gift that his father promised, which was, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. And so then they go to Jerusalem, they wait in an upper room. And then in Acts chapter two, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, 
they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like, a, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, what you also see is a miracle happening where people, you know, if you read the scripture, where people heard them speaking in uh, in like other like native languages. They were speaking in like foreign languages. Uh, but if you look in in first Corinthians in first Corinthians, uh, uh, chapter 14, verse 2, the Bible says, For anyone who speaks in tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Uh, the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, If I pray in the tongues of men or angels. So praying... In, in the Holy Spirit is praying in a heavenly language. You're not praying in an earthly language. There just so happened to be a miracle at that same point in time in Acts chapter 2 where people heard it in their native language. Uh, but praying in the Holy Spirit is you're praying in a heavenly language. You're praying in a heavenly language. And that scripture said, it says you're uttering mysteries to God. You know, the answers that you're looking for are mysteries. Like, God, how do I see 100 students by August. God, how do, I, how do I get students at pre-service prayer? And how do we get students at Friday night prayer? That's a mystery. To me, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. God does. So it says, as we pray in tongues, we're uttering mysteries to God. We, as we pray in tongues, we're, we're beginning to pray to God on this level of mystery and begin to talk to him about things that, that in our mind we don't understand. And the Bible says that in the first Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. It says, when I pray in the Holy Spirit, my mind is unfruitful. My mind is unfruitful. I don't know what I'm praying, but I'm praying a heavy, heavenly language and getting in unison with God, getting connected with God, praying out these mysteries and getting, getting in the flow of the Holy Spirit and God begins working. So two things really begin happening as we pray in this tongues. You know, and I, I just want to add this, I almost forgot, that you know, we're, we're not, you know, this isn't something that you fabricate. You, we're not, you're not holding your tongue. It's not some sort of natural thing. The Bible says in Acts, said in Acts 2, it says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they then had opened to them the ability to pray in tongues. It's kind of like whenever you're 12 years old, you don't have any money. You, you don't have a bank account. But then once you start getting money, and open up a bank account. Now you can, whenever you want, draw from that bank account. Now you can just pull out your, does anybody got a bank account? A debit card, anybody? Anybody have a credit card? A couple people, nice. So it's like, once you got it, you got it, you know? It's like, once you know how to ride a bike, now you can ride a bike. Once you, once you have been open to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now you can just pull, draw from it. And you can, just, you can just do it. How? I don't freaking know. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. You just can. It's just something you have the ability to do. It's spiritual. Um, and so two things happen as we begin to just pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in tongues. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 verse 4, it says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. That word edify means build up. So first thing is that it builds you up. It builds you up. Another scripture, Jude, uh, verse, verse 20, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So praying in the Holy Spirit, it builds you up. 
it builds you up. You, you begin, you'll notice that as you begin praying in the Holy Spirit, you'll get, and it's funny, like Abby Grace was talking about it, and I didn't know that she was going to share that point of her testimony. She was saying that as she was praying, she just began to get excited. That's when you know you're getting into the flow of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly you get this confidence that you know things are going to happen. As you're praying in the Holy Spirit, she taught about, of course, suddenly you just like, you get out of your chair. It's like at first when you're praying in the morning, you're like rubbing your eyes. And you're like, dear God, help me freaking pray this morning, you know. But as you begin to stir yourself up in the Spirit and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, you step out of that whatever grogginess, whatever depression, whatever sort of lack of faith you were in before. And you begin to, you actually begin to declare things in Jesus. Now I'm going, I'm going places in Jesus name. I'm the head and never the tail above and never beneath. I will, we will see a hundred students by August. You know, you, you begin to actually declare things. You get excited. Why? It's not because God just like wants people jumping around and God just like really likes it when people jump up and down and when they pace. No, it's because you're getting in line with the awesome things that God wants to do and your spirit senses it. So you start getting excited and you, you, you start, you start stepping into the authority that God has given you. So you, you build yourself up, you empower, you're like, I'm, I'm not going backwards. I'm going forwards. I'm not being sick. My daughter's not going to have that on her eye. It, you know, and you, you just, you're building yourself up, building yourself up. The second thing is that it gets you in alignment with God's will. So you're building yourself up, but then you're getting in alignment with God's will. It says this in Romans chapter eight, verse 26. It says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for. I'm sorry, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. So it says that whenever, we, whenever because of our weakness, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. What does that mean? It means that there are things that we should be praying for. What, pray for as we ought. There should be things that we are praying for. And so when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're praying as we ought to. We're praying as we ought to. Is that, is that like there are, you know, the mystery aspect to the things of God. Now we're, as we're praying in the Holy Spirit, now we're praying those things out. The exact things we need to be praying for, the exact things we need to be in communion with God with, the things that we need to be like interceding over is like now, even if our mind is unfruitful, because we're engaging our spirit with God's spirit, now we're getting in line with what God wants to do. And now those, those mysteries begin to unravel. Now the keys begin to turn the doors and things be, begin getting unlock doors that we needed open in our life doors of favor doors of anointing doors of creativity doors of miracles doors doors of power begin to get in unlocked and then you also see where doors will start to get closed in your life because the bible says that god god can open doors that no one can shut and he can shut doors that no one can open because you know not every single open door in your life is something that you're meant to walk through just as God has a plan for your life satan has a plan for your life the bible says in john 10:10 10, 10, how the thief comes to steal kill and destroy God sends people into your life, but Satan sure as heck will send people into your life just as well to distract you, give you opportunities. You know, I've, I share it all the time about how, in, you know, I've been in youth ministry for 10 years now, how students will come to me like, hey, I just got this promotion at work, so I'm not going to be able to come to youth anymore. <laughs> then you, maybe you shouldn't take the promotion. <laughs> you know, you got this awesome opportunity. I'm making more money. OK, well, you should really consider about whether or not that's, that's what the Lord wants you to do. And every time that happens, every time they just go with the job, now they're like, they're not serving the Lord anymore, unfortunately. Um, so it's like, 
as we begin praying in the Holy Spirit, we, we begin seeing these things shift. We begin praying in alignment with God. We begin building ourselves up in our most holy faith. You can think about it kind of like, like oil and water, like oil and water. I know that, that you can't really necessarily see this oil, but what happens when you mix oil and water? They don't mix. They, they separate. Naturally, right, oil will settle at the top of the liquid and the bottom, will, the water will be at the bottom. Uh, but kind of like salad dressing, when you go shaking that thing up and mixing it into all together, uh, I looked this up, you're gonna be like super impressed. It's called emulsion. <laughs> this nice fancy word, E-M-U-L-S-I-O-N, emulsion. Can we get some music on? Emulsion. And so what's happening is these two things that don't naturally mix, that actually they're operating on different levels, right? The oil's at the top and the water's at the bottom is because of emulsion, <laughs> I sound like a scientist, I don't know why. Maybe I just feel like a scientist. I need some, anybody to have some glasses and put some glasses on then I can push them up my nose. Uh, you know, it's like now, now, whenever you start mixing it up and stirring it up, is now what you're allowing is you're allowing the molecules to interact with each other and they're able to bond. Two things that weren't able to bond before, now they're able to bond and getting used in with each other. And in terms of salad dressing, at least, it produces something that's fantastic. You know, have you ever like, went go to put mustard on your hot dog, but you forgot to shake the mustard? And then, see, I wouldn't do it with ketchup. I'm sure it happens with ketchup too. Ketchup is disgusting. It's of the devil, I'm pretty sure it is. And so, but it's like, and then you, because you didn't shake it and mix it all up real nice, and, and then you just got like water, a watery hot dog, or of like salad dressing, if you forgot to mix it up, it's like, it's watery lettuce now, and it's not any good. It's not good for anything. And that's how we are whenever we're not stirred up in God. Praying in tongues stirs us up in God. It builds us up. It begins to allow us to mix with God and the, allow those two levels. We're operating at a humanly level and God is operating at a divine level. But when we begin praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit, we cause like a stirring of our inner person and of our inner man with God. And we begin to get in line with Him. We begin to step into the divine. We begin to step into the miraculous and things begin to change in our lives as we pray in the Holy Spirit. And so tonight we wanna to give you the opportunity to be able to do this, to pray in the Holy Spirit. This is the thing that you've got to have. You've got, you've got to be able to stir yourself up and praying in the Holy Spirit is the predominant way that you do that. You've got levels that you're supposed to operate in, doors that are supposed to be open for you, some that are supposed to be closed, places that you're supposed to go, favor that you're supposed to have, creativity that you're, you're supposed to unlock, and anointing to flow in, and it comes through, the, through praying in the Holy Spirit. But first, you've got to receive the Holy Spirit. You've got to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you say, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, the Bible says that it's a gift from Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, he says, but if I go to the Father, and he did, he's in heaven right now, he says, I will send the advocate, the helper to you. And then we see as a pattern in the New Testament, in Acts chapter two, we saw it. In Acts chapter 10, with Peter at Cornelius's house, Acts chapter 19 with Paul at the believers uh, in Ephesus. We, it's implied in Acts chapter eight, and you can see that because as the believers receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because what happened there is Philip was, Philip was preaching in Samaria, and 
he called on Peter and John to come. They, he got the believers in Samaria saved. But then he, he calls up Peter and John and says, hey, these believers are saved. Now they need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you can read that in Acts chapter eight, where they say, okay, well, we'll come and we'll pray for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so they come, lay their hands on them. And it doesn't say specifically what happens in those other scriptures it does, but it doesn't say specifically what happens. It just says that there was a dude that was a sorcerer that saw what had happened, saw that they received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and said that I want that. I want that, I want that. And he was wanting to pay for it. And so something happened, miraculous happened, that was like, holy freak, they just got laid out on the spirit, you know. Something, something physical happened that caught his eye. And so it's implied in Acts chapter eight, and then also in Acts chapter nine with Paul, who says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. So, you know. So what happens is whenever, whenever we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you have a gift that Jesus has given you called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And at the laying on of hands is the pattern in the New Testament. As we call you forward and lay hands on you if you desire, then you'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and this, this ability to pray in tongues would just bubble up out of you. And so it's important as we pray for you just to surrender your mouth to God. Because if you're not willing to say, God, I love you as we're praying for you. God, I love you. God, I thank you. God, I desire you. Because this is a mouth thing. It's the submission of your mouth and your tongue, which is why I think James chapter three talks about how the tongue is the, the like a, a you know and light lit with the flames of hell. It's you know your tongue is evil naturally, and so then we submit that to God and God changes us. But um, if you can't like say in English that you love God and say it out loud, if you can't surrender your mouth to God before, He won't fill it afterwards. You know, so um, so as we lay hands on you and pray for you then just say, start saying, God, I love you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, I thank you. And you'll feel it begin to bubble up out of, out of your belly. It's like just a surge of power. It's hard to describe. And it'll come, come out and you just surrender yourself to it. And it'll just, it'll just come out of you. And that's how you know you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So first though, you've gotta be saved. So if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift for believers. It's not for the world. Jesus says that. I think it's in John 16. The world can't receive him because it doesn't, can't receive the Holy Spirit because it doesn't know him, know Jesus. And so it's a gift for believers. You know, Jesus, he died for you. He loves you. People question all the time whether or not God loves him. He does. He does. He loves you. He's, you know, God sent his son Jesus to die for your sins. You know, everybody has, has sinned. Everybody has, has done things that don't please God. Well, God doesn't care because he, he said, you know what? I'm gonna make a way for you to get to me. I'm gonna make a way for you to be righteous and holy and clean and pure. And I'm gonna send my son to do it for you. And then all you have to do is just accept it. Just accept my forgiveness, that's it. That's grace, grace through faith. 